Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lincoln Journal Star's Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy Just. Once again, another episode, the season marching on, almost at the midway point. Um, but unfortunately, this recent football game that we have to discuss was not a not a a pretty one to watch, was it? No, it, uh, to quote Matt Rule, uh, sucked. Pretty accurate. I think most of the people in the stands would uh, agree with that. A hot day (laughs) to watch a bad football game. Yeah, not great. And, you know, a lot of the students left at halftime. A lot of the general fans followed suit. Um, It was hot. It was gross um, on and off the field. And, you know, some fans stayed. but I was talking to one of the elder statesmen on uh, the Nebraska crew, um, like media crew, and mm-hmm. he said he couldn't remember the last time there were that few people in the stands at the end of the game. Yeah, really, really telling of a rough week. And we'll get into a little bit of that game breakdown. But I think more importantly, we'll talk about the response this week uh, has been very intense from the coaches, um, a lot, a lot to. A lot riding on this game against Illinois. That much is very clear. But we're going to start things off, as we like to, with Husker Volleyball, uh, which is in the midst of a continued undefeated stretch. Uh, But as they found out this week, it's a very young team, and these road matches in the Big Ten are not easy. Uh, So Purdue, that that match went to five sets, number 17 Purdue. Uh, They won the first and the fourth. Uh, But Nebraska won that one. Harper Murray, career-high 21 kills. Merritt Beeson, 19 both of them really kind of taking over late in that match. Yeah, I think Harper um, had, I can't remember if it was that one or Indiana, um, had the last four kills in one of, I think it was that one. Um, she just, she comes on strong, um, even if she gets hit into a block, like she doesn't let it deter her. She wants the ball again. Um, and I think that says a lot about who she is as a player. Yeah, And both of those, uh, both Harper and Merritt, Merritt earned weekly Big Ten awards. So did Setterberg and Riley. That offense just clicking right now. And that showed up definitely against Indiana as well. Uh, that one went four sets. Nebraska dropped the first. But Merritt Beeson, she set a career high in that one, 22 kills. So Beeson and Murray, both of them incredible weeks. And obviously, you got to have Bergen. You got to have the setter getting that ball there uh, in rhythm with those hitters. I know it's really early, but it would not surprise me if Bergen is setter of the year for the Big Ten. She has done an incredible job. Um, she doesn't look like a freshman out there. She's no very consistent. Yep. Um, she helps on the block. Um, she knows when to try for the dump. Um, she's just she's so situationally aware, and she has really elevated everybody's game. Yeah, I mean, I I think you can you can see a lot of talented freshmen that come in and are you know. Maybe, you know, make a few mistakes, you know, trying to find their feet a little bit. I mean, she kind of went through that process several months ago, right? I mean, she's just hit the ground running. And I, I think these last couple of matches in particular, the Big Ten play, I think her her level has been even higher than maybe we saw in, in the non-conference. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's what you want. You want growth. You want your players to continue to to get better and develop as the season moves on. And this weekend, I think um, they will have another chance to continue to do that. Certainly, yes. The perspective is right now 13-0. and uh, Staff from our Brent Wagner. Huskers' best start since 2008. Uh, they went 20-0. and that time. So that'll be, that'll be a challenge to maybe reach that point. But these road, you know, weekends, this one in particular at Michigan State, at Michigan, back-to-back days, um, you know, two teams that there's that potential, you know, to maybe have a letdown. There's some talent there too. Um, you know, not, not maybe necessarily the biggest matches that they have circled on their calendar, but those back-to-back days, those are tough. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, Michigan is going through some growing pains. They've got a new coach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Because I think that game, while it may not be the mat- best match on paper, that is going to be a very, very emotional match for Harper. And I would imagine that it's going, that emotion is going to, you know, leach out to the rest of the team. Um, so, uh, this was my Sunday story. Um, yeah, so you want to add some details to <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My Sunday story. So Harper Murray, she is from Ann Arbor and her older sister is a senior for Michigan, um, both outsides. And this will be, you know, the first and maybe only time that they will get to play. Kendall Murray, her older sister does have a COVID year left. She doesn't know if she's going to take it yet. Um, so this might be the only time they get to play, and they're playing in their hometown in Ann Arbor, both of them wearing number 27, um, the number uh, worn by their late father when he was a defensive back at Michigan in the late 80s and early 90s. And it's just, it's going to be a very heavy day um, for Harper. So I, uh, I'm i going to be really interested to see how she plays in that one. And I mean, her her teammates will know that. They'll be supporting her, of course. Um, so that, you know, if you want to get the full context for that, by the way, Amy's full story there, journalstar.com. Got a, a nice shout out from from John Cook today. He read it. He was a fan. I did. Yeah. So normally after I write like a big piece like that on volleyball, he normally like pulls me aside in the hallway and says, hey, that was great. Um, you know, asks me questions about it because he's a big newspaper mm-hmm. guy. We love newspaper guys. Um, but yeah, he started off his presser today saying he uh, wanted to call me out. And for a second, I was like, oh, no, what did I do? <laughs> um, and complimented my story, said he cried. Um, so for those of you who haven't read it, who want to, I guess, keep a box of tissues nearby. Yep. Really emotional. Um, you know, learn a lot about the Murray family. Um, you know, what's brought both of those athletes to this point. Um, so, yeah, that that will be a very emotional match. I also think that it's kind of unique, this the way that the schedule plays out. At Michigan State, they play Michigan. And then Michigan State comes to Lincoln a week later. Yeah, it's weird, but you know, scheduling is yeah, never perfect. You do what you do. Yeah. You know, it just it makes me think of um uh, in the NFL sometimes like they'll play like the Saints one week played the Bucks and then somebody else and then the Bucks again and I'm just like that's weird. Like why? Right. But sometimes it's just a quirk of the schedule. Yep, happens how it happens and That'll just be the challenge for Nebraska to get through. So two matches this weekend, um, looking to extend that 13-0 unbeaten record Husker Volleyball is. Uh, but moving on to our football discussion, of course, the game, the final score is 45-7. to I don't feel like we need to 
break down these individual plays that, you know, all the touchdowns that Michigan scored. Uh, but just looking at how Nebraska performed in some of these different areas, um, defensively, I think against the pass, the pass rush was very neutralized this week. Great offensive line um, by Michigan. Quarterback J.J. McCarthy was was able to throw into some windows again. And then against the run, um, very good. That's what you expect from Michigan. 249 yards on the ground, the former top-ranked run defense. Um, and as we, we'll get into the response a little bit, but in the immediate postgame, Matt Rule kind of acknowledged that there was some hesitancy on defense. That was a word that he used, hesitancy. Yeah, and I he used it again um, this week after he had watched the tape and everything. And, you know, I, I felt the same. Like, it, it's not that they didn't come out with energy. I just mm-hmm. feel like they were so worried to make a mistake that they didn't make a decision at all. Like, they had analysis paralysis, basically, in that they were just so worried they didn't want to mess up that they didn't do anything. And that, in effect, is them messing up. Absolutely. And I I will say, like, when I was looking at the defensive line in particular, because they had been so good at pass rushing, you know, it's easy to look at, you know, the tackles and, you know, the different depth that uh, Michigan has on that line and just say, okay, they won out. But when I was looking back at some of these plays, like I think Nash Hutmaker did a good job. He generated some pressure on the interior, but really those outside rushers, they were really worried, I think, about containing and just they were just not effective in beating those tackles off the rush. Um, so I think a little bit of that was mindset. A little bit of that was talent. But when all that kind of snowballed, um, you know, it was rough. I mean, it was it was never really a case of Michigan needing to stress, you know, when they were going down the field. I think it was six touchdowns on their first eight drives or something like that. I mean, it was very, very easy for that starting offense. Um, And that was a a major topic uh, this week. But on the flip side, the offense really didn't get going at all either. Um, If not for Josh Fleek's long rushing touchdown, could have been a shutout. Um, The rushing total would have been fewer than 50 yards without that Fleek's run. And I think which for a team that, you know, prides itself on running the ball if you take out Fleeks' touchdown 30 yards that's embarrassing it's absolutely embarrassing and yes Michigan's defense is really good there's going to be a lot of NFL draft picks from that group but still like not great yeah your lead back Anthony Grant only gets six carries Heinrich Harper who had a lot of success it was more of one yard two yards like He'd hit the line and that was it, which, you know, there's there's some big players out there. You know, we understand that, but certainly um, the execution and all those different facets offensively was lacking. And when you look at this game as a whole, I think there was a, a very vocal reaction to it uh, because it was never close, not even for three minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. I mean, it was always Michigan's game. Uh, they Michigan scored 14 points within the first like seven and a half minutes of that game. And like... That's never what you want. And I appreciated the aggression from Nebraska on that fourth and one. Yep. Um, especially because Tristan Alvano has been struggling. Um, he had missed two straight up to that point and then missed his third straight later in the game. Um, you know, kicking a field goal there in that moment. Just to me, that signals all right. You're giving up. Yeah, you play to win. They needed they needed seven there if they were going to hang yeah. in there. Yeah, and 
you know, so I don't I don't fault them for um, going for that. I actually uh, liked the aggression there. And Heinrich, after the game, you know, blamed himself on that. You know, he he um, hesitated is not the word that he used, but he uh, did not go in with his head down and um, probably he probably approached it differently than he would have liked to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. And he admitted that, too. So. But yeah, no, never, never good. Um, yeah. So, you know, as much as we might, you know, usually talk about the game a little bit more, I think what's far more relevant this week is the response that we've seen from the coaches and the players. And of course, that started Saturday with the post game. As you mentioned, Rule said that game sucked, that game stunk. That was he, my lead to my yep, column. He said yeah. it's, it's an amazing tribute that the crowd stayed that long. And he notably said, you'll learn about the team on Friday. Right after getting beat, very badly. He's looking ahead of this Illinois game and he knew this was going to be a big, big moment for the team. And to get them ready, um, Sunday, usually a walkthrough day, light practice. I mean, they've, they've just played a game that takes a, a big toll on the body, full pads, intense practice for everybody. No one knew it was coming. Yeah. Like per sources, the equipment guys did not even know. So it took them a little bit to like get everything ready. Um, that they were going to have a full practice. Like, no one saw that coming. That's how frustrated um, this coaching staff was with the effort. Um, you know, the the sentiment is, well, you didn't play very hard on Saturday, so we're going to play hard today. And whew, that's a message. And I, I'm sure the players understood right away, and Ben Scott kind of alluded to that. He was one of the players who went into a little bit more detail about that. He was like, as soon as we knew it was full pads, like we knew it was coming. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, he, who has, you know, played some big time football, said he's never had to do that before. You gotta, you gotta, you do have to feel for those linemen. I will say you oh, take God, in yeah. so many body blows there on Saturday to come back the next day. Uh, they're probably very, very sore. So good thing that they have their brand new swanky facility with all of those, uh, recovery tools at their disposal. The recovery pods. Boy, yep. they probably needed those on Monday. Absolutely. But the message continued. It did not stop there on Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, uh, we're hearing kind of the same things. Rule Monday in particular was very fired up, clearly had a message that he wanted to get out saying that Saturday it wasn't good enough. Nebraska has players who can wreck games, players who will play in the NFL, but they need to change games. They need to show up. Uh, kind of repeated some of the same things that he was saying uh, about the hesitancy, played to contain rather than attack, didn't want to make mistakes. And then today we heard defensive coordinator Tony White uh, saying the, the very same things. Um, he said, quote, there wasn't one guy you could say played their tails off. Nobody went in there and played the way we were supposed to play. Pretty, pretty harsh, but they weren't good. So, yeah, they were not. They were not good at all. And um, Marcus Satterfield uh, was pretty uh he didn't mince words either yeah he was he was spot on he said execution wasn't good either i think pretty much everybody could tell that um and certainly for that offense too you know you you kind of have some of these personnel discussions which we'll move into um and we learned a little bit more about jeff sims timetable his recovery um from your asking by the way um recovering from a high ankle sprain uh, you asked kind of about if that timetable was longer than they expected. 
And Rule said it's pretty much in line with with what they were expecting. Yeah. So Rule said definitively this week that it's a high ankle sprain, which is something we probably thought was the case, but mm. it had never been explicitly said. Um, so that's a usually a four to six week timetable. Um, so wouldn't surprise me again if Heinrich is the guy to go this week. Um Though Marcus Satterfield did say today that he that Jeff is looking a little bit better, but still not 100%. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Heinrich plays this week. And then after the off week, um, getting ready for Northwestern, that is who they play. Yeah, Northwestern. Yep. It's a long season. <laughs> um, then... Um, then they'll probably evaluate there. I think I think it makes all the sense in the world. You got a quarterback with a bum ankle, hasn't played in a couple of weeks, rest, sit through the bye week, evaluate then. But we'll see. There's been there's been surprises before, but Harburg, uh, that's what we're expecting right now. But there's some other question marks um, personnel wise, especially on defense. Some changes, adjustments. Um, linebacker Luke Reimer, who was held out of the game against Michigan, uh, went to the hospital that morning. Uh, he, he will not play against Illinois rule said, um, not football related injury, he said. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know if it's an injury. Yeah. Sorry. It's, um, it's a health, health ha- concern. Perhaps. Yeah, I, yeah. That's it's still pretty clouded. Yep. Um, Cause I tried to get some clarity. Um, Cause after the game on Saturday, rule said that Reimer was experiencing some pain and pain could be anything. Mm-hmm. So, was hoping to get some clarity there, but since it's a, a medical situation that Rule doesn't really want to talk on, I think we're going to have to wait until Luke is okay and then see what he wants to disclose yeah. when he's ready for that. So Obviously, we wish him the best, but I mean, from a team perspective, it's kind of murky, like how long could this stretch out? You know, how severe is it? We just don't know the details right now, but Either way, I mean, it was clearly a big loss to not have him out there against Michigan. And as long as he's not out there, I mean, there are other, there are plenty of other linebackers who are going to step up. But I mean, he's who you look to as that leading tackler in that middle of the defense. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, hopefully uh, that having this week off and then having the next week mm-hmm. off, um, hopefully that is um, will be good enough. But again, we just don't know the details to be able to extrapolate off yep. of that. Not sure about severity or timetable there at all. So we will see with Reimer, but we do know a little bit about safety Deshaun Singleton's timetable. Uh, knee injury suffered last week. Um, they're assuming this is not going to be season ending, uh, but it does look like he'll be out for several weeks. And I think this is really, that's really a big loss to me. Obviously, Reimer is too. Uh, but I think Singleton with that 3 3 5, he has such a unique role. You know, they'd line him up in the box at different times, move him all over. You know, he'd be that one deep safety if Gifford was out in coverage or anything. I mean, they they had him out there. I'd have to look at the stats, but I think it's like 97% of the snaps. And now they're going to be without him for a couple of weeks. And Phelan Sanford, Kobe Brest, these are the guys who they kind of expect to step up. But uh, neither of them has has played the number of snaps or at the level that the Singleton has showed this year. It's it's unfortunate because... Uh, he went out on like the second, the first second or second play, play of the yep. game. Like, you know, you come out with all this energy and then none of them admitted it, but it really deflated things, I think. He's a leader out there. Yeah, absolutely. One of your teammates, guy you've been grinding with, goes down right away. It's, Sucks. Yeah. It's a tough situation. Uh, but again, you know, they, they talk about the next man up mentality. They say it all the time. So that will apply at both of those positions. 
Um, but also a couple other things of note. You mentioned it earlier. There's a little bit of discussion about the kicking game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tristan Alvano missed several field goals over the last couple of weeks. Um, Timmy Bleakrode, again, you know, he's he had that fake field goal, but we haven't seen him. He hasn't played kicker. That's been Alvano's job. And Rule kind of stood by him this week. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's I think there's an understanding there that this is not a this is not an issue that can stretch over the course of the entire season. No, absolutely not. So maybe uh, Tristan will get his chance this week. Um, you know, but we'll we'll see. I just three straight misses is not um, what you want. It does not um, exude confidence. Um, but Rule said earlier this week that he was in the building working on his yep. kicks. So. I think too for I mean for a team that doesn't score a lot, that doesn't get a lot of scoring opportunities. You have you know. to have a reliable kicker. Um, but maybe he's just going through something right now, you know. And the smallest thing can mess up Absolutely. kickers. So wind. I mean, we don't even yeah. wind. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. So yeah. there's Though, there's different and, factors there. Admittedly, yeah. that that third miss that he had um, in this stretch, the one last week was. Not close. Yeah, that one was pretty unfortunate. They needed that one mm-hmm. in terms of staying competitive, staying in that one, um, getting on the board even. So they will continue evaluating that kicker spot, standing by Alvana right now. But a couple details, changes to the depth chart to note. Uh, Josh Fleeks, who had that long breakaway touchdown, he's now the backup running back moving ahead of Emma Johnson in the depth chart. I'm not surprised. They need a veteran there um though Emmett has played really well um in the grand scheme of things right um nobody played really well but uh they've been using Emmett um in that spot but I just I think Fleeks has shown um that he can do it um and they they need that juice especially when not much else is going for him right now yeah I'm not sure how many touches we should maybe expect Fleeks to get this week but you make a play like that that earns trust. I mean, and I mean, when you look at the lack of breakaway big plays from this offense, I mean, there's got to be a feeling of he did it once. Maybe he can do it again. Get him out there. So the offense needs it, though, yep. for sure. And also on the depth chart, Princewell Uman Mielin, uh, freshman defensive lineman to start the year, shifted to Jack linebacker. The distinction there is kind of doesn't really make that much of a difference. He's he's going to pass rush going to be a, a a down lineman the most of the time anyway uh, but worth noting that you know, that's changing in the rotation too as some players shift around and Phelan Sanford now the starting safety Kobe Bretts also going to get time there uh, in light of Singleton's injury so those are the personnel updates but as we move into our our game week preview of Illinois I think you know with all of the different things that rule's been saying about the standards you know the hesitancy there's some tension. There's some real tension around this game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You want to get a win going into the off week. Um, that'll do a lot for your confidence. That'll do a lot to set the tone after the off week because there are winnable games left on this left on the season for Nebraska, and this is one of them. Um, as a KU grad, I watched the KU-Illinois game earlier this year, and granted, the final score was close, but man, Illinois looked terrible. Um, granted, it was early in the season, but this is a game Nebraska can win if they fix 
the things that they need to urgently fix. Certainly. And you mentioned this Illinois team, two and three, oh, and two in the Big Ten so far this year, um, coming off a tough loss to Purdue last week, and including that Kansas game. All of their games have been one score games, except that multi score loss to Purdue. Uh, so I, I expect that trend to continue. I think this is going to be a tight game. Turnovers, you know, these small margins, you know, small mistakes. It just has that feeling of a, a game where something like that's going to flip. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> right? I wish, I wish right. that were different because um, we're going to be up against it on deadline. But, you know, I root for myself. So that's right. <laughs> this is going to be this has the writings of like a sickos game of the week. Oh, definitely. Just yeah. madness in I mean, good and bad ways. There's a scenario where there's been like eight punts and like two first downs. Like these teams have not exactly lit it up on offense. Um, Illinois in particular, their quarterback, Luke Altmeyer, um, he had, he definitely has an interception or two in him, but varies from week to week. Like he's had some good weeks too. He's thrown for 300 plus yards, couple touchdowns, and then he's had bad weeks where he's really limited uh, the scope of that offense. Um, they do have a very good running back, Reggie Love, uh, but no more than 12 carries in any individual game. Um, their defense also taken a, a pretty big step back from last year, uh, which you expect. They had a few first-round draft picks, a lot of guys going to the NFL. But these season stats for, for Illinois, they're scoring 21.6 points per game, allowing 30.6. So I would tend to say it's going to be more towards those uh, those twenties for for both teams probably. Yeah, I, this game just has weird written all over it. Certainly. And yeah, I think it's going to be close. I think it could be ugly at times, uh, as Big Ten football can be, uh, especially in the West. And on a Friday too, anything. Be pre- Friday nights. Be prepared for weird. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yep. But underscoring this matchup is of course all that's been going on this last week rules trying to motivate his team so this is our hot topic you know this is clearly everything that he said you know he's that he said to us the media you know he, he would have said in the locker room he would have had these conversations um you probably know, maybe, more pointed yes right some hard some hard truths definitely but how do we think that's going to play out on the field how is nebraska going to respond to that motivation from all accounts, it sounds like they're going to respond well. Um, Illinois is not Michigan, so that'll help a little bit. But they need to come out with fire. Uh, I know he put. I know Matt Rule pushed back on them the notion that they didn't come out with fire, but I think they will come out with the juice, so to speak, this week. And what happens after that, I'm not sure, uh, but. It, he is so frustrated by how things are not technically sound, missed assignments, um, timidness, um, and I would imagine that goes away because I don't know how you can get much worse than the last week. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there will be a noticeable change in some aspects because what they were talking about against Michigan, and they've mentioned it this week, last week, all season, they've said nameless, faceless opponent, you know, focus on us, you know, block out the noise, don't focus on them. Last week, they definitely failed at that. Like they were, they knew it was Michigan. They knew the strengths, you know, of these players. Like that was very much clear. I think that experience will kind of have reset them a little bit 
to like refocus on all those goals because, you know, probably that that stuff varies over the course of a season. You know, they'll succeed at that some weeks, struggle others. So I think they're going to do better at just really focusing on what they need to do um, themselves. And also some of these uh, these players like rule call. He didn't call anybody out by name. He was very specific about that, that he wasn't going to do that. But when he's saying we have players who are going to change games, they just have to do it. You get, I mean, he's had conversations with players. That much has, has definitely been happening. Like there are guys who are going to know they need to go out there and perform. And some of that's been, you know, the public stuff. Some of that's been, I'm sure the work that they've been doing as a team. But I think all of that understanding is going to come together and, and we will see some changes um, to the good in, in some of these aspects. Yeah, I'd, I'd be worried if it didn't. Right. I mean, yeah, because where would you go from there if all of this focus fails? I mean, it's a pretty grim picture if they come out flat, you know, aren't able to compete and end up with a tough loss. I mean, a loss anyway does hurt you at two and four, but the competitiveness, the way that they play, I think that's that's really what they're looking for as a coaching staff. So with all that in mind, uh, it's going to be a close game. We both feel some chaos included. What are you predicting for the scores? Nebraska 24, Illinois 21. Hopefully that's in regulation, but it would not surprise me if we've got some some weird overtime action this week. <laughs> I could see that happening as well. Um, I'm, I'm going one point to decide it, 21 to 20 Nebraska. Um, a lot of this is just because Everything that I've seen from Illinois, I've not been majorly impressed. Like they have good players, they play close games, uh, but when you're always playing close games, as Nebraska learned a couple years ago, um, oftentimes that goes against you because it means you're not good enough to you know separate from teams that are worse than you. Um, so certainly, I, I just feel like, like I said earlier, there's going to be a crucial turnover or something, um, something to flip this. And yeah, I just think scoring scoring is going to be pretty low in this one. Is my feel. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. We're kind of in the same thought process on this. So yeah, even though even though I'm predicting a Nebraska win, I'm still I'm still kind of uncertain about that, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Could go either way. Coin flip, right? Yeah, but this is a winnable game. Like Nebraska should win this game. Yes, Illinois is favored by three and mm-hmm. a half. I believe the last last thing I, time I checked, but like Nebraska should win this game. But will they? Well, the problem is, I mean, Illinois is going to be seeing that as a very, very winnable game, too. You got yep. a team just got beat badly coming to your place short week. I mean, they'll be feeling good as well. So those will be the the different factors at play. Again, it's uh, it's been an intense, fiery week here in Lincoln. Coaches and players looking for more um, bouncing back from that Michigan loss. So we'll be there. We'll be in Illinois to, to see what shakes out. Hope all of you can follow along online to our coverage at journalstar.com. Um, I think that's all we got for this week's Life in the Red. We'll have more volleyball, more football updates for you next week. We'll see what shakes out against Illinois. And thanks for watching. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.